0: Welcome to Spiritual Psychology with Renee McKenna. I'm a therapist and healer here in San Francisco, and if you want real change on a soul level, you've come to the right place. Morning, everybody. Renee McKenna here with my buddy Pam, Mutiny Radio. Hey, how you doing? and. Spiritual psychology, um, my goal is to bring this fabulous work out into the world, free of charge, to people who are willing to call in. Um, You can either call in live, what's the number
1: here? 415-550-0511
0: Thanks Pam. Or you can send me a text, 415-672-4992, or you can email me at info at com. And we can set up a free session. The only requirement is that it's going to go out on the air. You can be anonymous, um, but you'll get some free therapy and you'll help other people in the meantime so we got a pretty interesting show today i was just telling pam we're going to talk about spirit attachment and negative energy interference Ooh, yeah really you
1: know everybody it sounds all funky huh well can't we just ignore the negative energies is that what we do or do we uh, we have to they're with us they attach themselves to us whether we want want them or not huh
0: Yes. Well, I mean, nothing comes to us by coincidence, so it's not like getting mugged on the street. i thinking about that, that you said that everything that happens in our life is a conscious choice that we've made. Yes. Nothing is in our, is in our psychic space without our permission on
1: some level. And you said, oh, this is a very controversial thing, but it's, it's, I've been thinking about it all week. Like every choice, everything in my life that I can potentially complain about is something that I put there. It's there because I put it there. How is it to think about that? It was, it's weird. It's, um, I don't usually do like, I do a lot of, I don't do like spiritual, I think a lot about religion Mm -hmm. and a lot about structure and philosophy in my, in my like weekly life and my daily goings about, but this is different Mm -hmm. because it's not like in my head or rationalizing it. It's this different, like the spiritual side of things is different than the rational side of things. How is it different? Uh, because it exists, but you can't explain it away. With uh, so I, there's a there's a lack of you can't justify it. there's like a lack of justification maybe there's when it's something is ra- when something is in your brain and you're thinking it rationally you're like I am thinking about this on a real level and these you know and a this is why B goes to C goes right. to D if then therefore that kind of like rational thought I think therefore I am but. The spiritual side is very different. <coughs> so for me, the difference is
0: the spiritual side is an experience. Ah. It's it's the, I like to call it the non-rational. It's the felt experience. It's a being experience. It's, um it's our emotions it's our relationality it's our uh, how we move through the world rather than what we think about our relationships right, what we right, think right, about how it, there's a different there's like always this over narrative going on but then the narrative is about the experience right it's the uh, the narrative is the layer removed from the feeling itself exactly exactly so, right. so spirituality for me the diff- you know i like <laughs> In recovery circles, there's a um, one of my favorite lines is a uh, religion is for people who are afraid to go to hell, and spiritual spirituality is for people who've already been there. Ah, <laughs> that's great! <laughs> wow, sure, yeah. Um, so, spirit attachment. You know, when I I'm from Boston, and um, we don't talk about stuff like that. And when I first heard this word, this whole idea. I was like, oh, no, that's too weird. It was actually kind of scary. It felt scary for me. I thought, like, The Exorcist, or, like, 666, The Omen, like, sure. all those things. I grew up with terrifying movies as a sure. kid. Um, well,
1: demonic even, possession. I mean, that's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of the Bible that talks about demonic possession. And it's like, really? Really? There's something inside you that's not you? And it gets thrown out into a pile of pigs, and they all jump over a... Like, really? Really? <laughs> Well, so it's an interesting thing, though. If you think about, you know, I've been
0: working with this uh, work, and, 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 and I use this work a lot in spiritual psychology. It's called Feeding Your Demons. Oh. And it's actually an ancient Buddhist practice. And we've done a little bit of it on the show, and, and, and it will happen again, because it's one of my favorite practices. And um, Lama Tsultramaleone, who's the modern Tibetan woman lama in Colorado, who's re resurged this revamped, made it modern, this ancient practice from the 11th century. It was actually developed by a woman Lama in the 11th century. It's a very feminine practice.
1: I didn't know the Dalai Lama could be a woman.
0: Um, There are Lamas and there's Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama is the high Lama. There's lower Lamas. It's kind of like being the Pope or being a priest. Oh, cool. A lot of the guy, you know, Buddhism's not too much different than other religions. They don't really dig it when women are in power, but it happens <laughs> <You know? laughs> it happened in Catholicism too over the history anyway it 's a very feminine practice, but it, it you know naming the things that cause us suffering as huh. demons is an interesting way to look at them um, in the thing I like about this work is that um, we take the stuff that's non rational, we take the spiritual, the experiential, and we make it concrete. Mm. We live in a world of form. We're used to, our rational mind likes to live in the world of form. Yeah. And it's part of the reason we have a lot of trouble with our feelings, with relationships, even with money. Like these are things that don't necessarily, even money's really an idea more than a con, you know if you think about it, like the pieces of paper aren't worth anything. Right. Things that, that don't actually have form, we have a lot of trouble with. Sure. Um, and so when we can give it a form, then we can really work with
1: it. That, I mean, it's true. Even when we were trading, like in the earliest findings in archeological sites, you find like weird shells that they used as money. Like we, right. we create, for some reason we we need to take our worth Mm-hmm. And our work and rather than it be itself, like I raised this chicken, you have this chicken, I'm giving you the chicken and you're giving, there's like a transaction, but we can't live in our transactional world without like these I don't know, things and stuff to demarcate the transaction. Like, here is what I gave. Now you're giving me this. Oh, you don't have anything? Well, now you gave me these shells that have meaning that we all ascribe. Right. It's an agreed
0: upon idea. Yeah. It's only, it is weird. It's an idea that we've all agreed upon. Intrinsically, there is no such thing as money. Sure. We've made it up and and then worshipped it. (laughs) Which sounds like Basically, a lot of other and things. and some of us yeah. ruin our lives in pursuit of it. Um, or think that it's going to make us happy. Happy, which we both know isn't true. Although being completely destitute may not be great either. But
1: I don't know. We've both been destitute at
0: different times. i been pretty sure, happy. So. Sure,
2: sure.
1: <laughs> I would rather be physically or uh, financially destitute than emotionally destitute. That's way worse when you're just like at the, the depths of... I'm with you girl.
0: Yeah, I I was talking to the emotionally destitute last night and it was a problem. (laughs) It's
1: hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then, I woke up with a problem for the emotionally destitute. Once, yeah. once someone sort of and it, you can tell when the light goes out of their eyes and they kind of give up, like emotionally, and they just sort of like, "I'm just gonna phone it in." From
0: no, I had a deep money conversation with somebody last night who's really, really good with money, and but I was trying to talk about my feelings. He said, "I don't give a fuck about your feelings," and I was like, <laughs> "Well, there we go. The, there, there we go. go. There's a, figured a Different out. languages, but um, so. So the idea of demonic possession, of course, that's that's the extreme end. Um, I work with demonic possession. We all are with it all the time. Uh, So for me, if I see a homeless person who's out there on the street babbling and like has sores on their body and they've Mm. peed themselves, like really... Is that that per- so? There's a different in shamanism. There's a way to understand that schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, a lot of the really serious mental illnesses are actually, from a shamanic perspective, the um, energetic attachment. Ooh, yeah, it's a totally different, totally different way to understand mental illness. Even yeah. depression, even anxiety, can be seen as energetic forms that attach themselves to the person. Sure, um, and and so. You know, where does it move from being um, something that's negative into demonic? That That's an interesting <sighs> question. I think it's the
1: level of suffering and the level of destruction. Right, when you don't... I saw a guy without shoes yesterday walking across uh, Van Ness, and uh, it was, a, you know, when Mission crosses Van Ness, it's kind of an interesting corner. Interesting and corner, And he had... Yeah. It isn't... Yeah, it's a cross-section of... Everything really,
0: right? But and he, Goodwill's right there, so everybody well, can go hang yeah, out. Yeah,
1: it used to be the Goodwill, <laughs> but now they're building. Oh, it's not some, yeah, they're building some monstrosity thing with many, many um, apartments and condos together in the high rise. Yeah, oh my god, gone.
0: where are all the homeless people going to get the? I have a friend Uh-oh. who might even be listening right now.
1: Yeah, who used to go and collect stuff there in I, the morning. I I've always enjoyed it. that. Is where this is such a sidebar, but this emerald ring that I found, I went to that. Goodwill to shop for a uh, Halloween costume. I wanted to dress up as a seventies person, and I bought a purse. I bought a macrame purse, like an old weird thing, as right? A, and I look in the side oh, pocket, stop, and there's this an ring, and ring. and it's real. It's a real emerald, and it was oh real God. gold. And I was like, "Thank you, Goodwill, like for like eight ring? bucks." Less <laughs> it was like a two dollar purse or oh something ridiculous. My goodness, and I love this ring. That is Isn't so. That weird? That is so cool. Yeah. It's like, so look in the side pockets. Somebody donated their stuff and just didn't even know, or Gifts. it was like some grandma or something, right. you know? Gifts from the universe. Wow. Yeah, that was nice. But yeah, so that, that, that corner, there was a man, he was walking across the street and the bus had to kind of honk at him cause he was taking too long across. And I was like, oh, this poor guy. And I looked at him and he was like hobbly and he had socks on no shoes and one of his socks was already like not a sock anymore. Right. And I just like saw that and he had like the sores and he was very dirty, but he didn't have a backpack or anything and I just thought like where's he coming from and where's he going? Yeah. And what happened to the shoes? Like yeah. there's yeah. shoes. Why do we I I just felt really I But then your thing with demonic possession like hey, that kind of makes sense like he's forgotten who he is or was because of or do you forget it maybe well I, I think is <clears throat> it's interesting
0: so there's a kids movie Monsters Inc oh yeah that's a great it came one. out a long time ago yeah, I love it's it very interesting thing the doors how yeah no how a lot of modern culture Uh, actually speaks to deeper realities without even knowing it because they exist there. So in Monsters, Inc., the monsters scare the children and the children's fear is what feeds their whole realm of reality. Like the children's fear is their energy source. Right. And it like recharges the batteries that like run the whole monster universe, right? Yeah. Very interesting. So at the end, they try, they they switch it around and try to make the children happy so that the universe is then fed with joy. Right. Okay. So those two things, fear and joy, um, you could also call them fear and love. So fear and joy really are the two main energy sources in the universe. In my perspective, you can kind of divide everything up into, is it joy or is it fear? Sure. And they're, from my perspective, they're each sources of power having, and we all use both of them all the time. And, um, but one is higher power that's constructive and helpful and nourishing, and the other fear is lower power. That's mm. destructive, and harmful, and creates suffering. And wow! So those two ways are both ways we power ourselves. That's f- that's a different way to understand. They talk about that we live in a realm of duality. If you've ever heard that, sure. like everything, you know we have ying black ying, white, ying, y- yeah, right? Uh, right. Sun and moon, and night and day, and man and man woman, and woman. And yeah, all that. Right. Yeah. So in um. That is one way to understand a spiritual reality is fear or love, fear or joy. Sure. And so if we think about the way that we move ourselves through the world, um, we could divide almost all of our reactions, all of our feelings into one of those buckets. Wow.
1: Okay. It's just a different... It, it's a, but oh. it's still, they both have power. And they might even both have equal power. They do. They could absolutely have...
0: Well, they could have equal power, however the consequences of the behaviors that go with that or the consequences of that energy are different. One
1: is constructive and one is destructive. But some people have that destructive energy and they see it as constructive for themselves. So like because the power is so important that maybe they don't see that they're causing suffering or harm because they're seduced by the power. Absolutely. Because that could be, that might be a way to explain 45's Errant behaviors.
0: Absolutely no. He believes in what he's doing. right He really does. Right. No, I, I mean it's a, so, so excellent point through fear. So one Ooh. of the things about fear is that, and we all have both, right? We all have sure. joy. We all have fear. Hopefully, we have both. Um, is that fear is really what it what it evokes in us is the desire to protect ourselves. Uh, right. If we're uh-huh. afraid, we want to protect ourselves generally. Or sure. we collapse. I mean, there's different things that can happen. And so there's a way to understand um, or to look at the world as that. So we have physical form, things take physical form, we can take actions, but that as we move deeper into kind of the realms of um, rational thinking, feeling, um, that thoughts and feelings actually have a form too mm-hmm. on the energetic plane. That Now, you might have had this experience. Did you ever think about somebody, and then like you get an email?
1: Absolutely. Or Or a a call. call. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Or you call. This is the craziest one that happened. I swear I called someone else's number, and it went to another person's number that I was thinking about. And I'm like, okay, no, I know whose number I dialed, because I was using the actual, like, boop, 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 like, not keying in the number, but on the list. And I just, just thought, I was like... I, how am I connected to this person in this way that it was weird? It was weird. right. So, to me, that's what serendipity is. Mm-hmm.
0: Like that, there, there's something else going on. I mean, that happens for me all the time now. As a matter of fact, I I will. I have a joke that if I, if you really want me to call you, just think about me. That joke will happen. And I'll that's do it because I try to stay tapped in on that plane. So. So, if there is a way to think about that, you could just call it a phenomenon, but what is the phenomenon? There is a way that there is some level of, uh, you know, Carl Jung called it like the transpersonal. Sure. um, That there's some other communication realm that's happening beyond the level of our rational mind with thoughts and feelings. And so, so we take that a step further, um, that thoughts and feelings and certainly Particularly patterned thoughts of thoughts and feelings that we have, and we all have patterns, right? And some of them are positive, and a lot of them are negative. A lot of them are ways, again, that we defend ourselves, that we we protect ourselves, ways we motivate ourselves um, through the world. For example, um, you know, for a long time in my in my life, uh, I had a voice that told me I was fat. Oh, right. Like most women, I swear, like probably 90% of the women have a voice that tells them they're fat, right? Right, Absolutely. You're fat. And part of the motivation for that was to try to make myself look better so that I would be attractive so that people would love me. Right. Right. So the motive is to get love or joy, right? But it's coming through this destructive way. Right. Yeah. Right. I understand Right. So it's like, if I, I mean, if you really look deeply at it, there is an attempt, although that... That inner voice, and it, for me it was a voice that always told me I wasn't good enough, um, which I call that the inner critic, right? And there's a lot of different forms of it. That, um, so that voice, if I really look deeply at it, it's actually trying to help me. Wow. If I, if I really, so we do this in this work and we're going to, you're going to, we're going to listen to a session a little bit later with yeah. someone. So we ask it like, what's, if you really ask that voice, what's your purpose? Generally it's purpose is to protect you. It's to sure. try to help you. It's to protect you from. So, if you think you're fat, it's kind of like if I write my name on the bathroom wall, then no one else can call me a slut. Sure, sure, <laughs> right,
1: right, right. No, that makes sense. No, I, I, I get the, I get the fat thing. It's that you're. It's the same thing with like, uh, my, one of my inner voices says like that. Um, it's like you're a terrible person all the time, but I use it as a defense mechanism because. With comedy, I'm saying such terrible things about, you know, j- just as an, like a perspective on the world. I'm pointing out things that are a lot of times unlikable. And so I sort of write and say, I'm, I'm a terrible person. But at, it's because of the eye that I'm turning on the world. But if I. And the other one is, that's a very good defense mechanism for comedians is, I'm going to hate myself so much, none of you can hate me as much as I hate myself, therefore I'm protected. The audience can't, the audience could never hate me as much as I hate myself, therefore everything's okay. So no matter what they do, no matter if they don't laugh or whatever, and they hate me, it's fine, I hate myself more, don't worry about it. Like that's... The, and I do that all the time, and I've always been like, and I'm trying to pattern myself out of that. Like, why do I oh, tell girl? Myself? I hate myself. You want to do time. it today? We can do it. Oh, well, I try to deprogram no, myself. No, 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 out, no. Like, we can make that baby. We can transform that baby today okay. on spiritual psychology live here I, on Mutiny I, FM. I, I, say, <laughs> I say all the time, like, and but you just saying that makes me go oh, because if I hate myself, and I, I think it's from high school, and the, I had bulimia too for a long time, and it was, and I was a cheerleader, but I was looking at my cheerleading jacket, but I was like, if I hate myself, then boys can't hate me any worse. Like guys don't ask me out. That right. makes sense because why would they? Because no one can hate me more than I hate me. Like exactly. So it's you defense you just, mechanism. It's you just weird. beautifully
0: described the defense mechanism. But if you think about that defense mechanism and like really feel into it, it's really painful. Sure. Like it may, the attempt is to protect us from getting hurt. Right. But how it protects us from getting hurt, if we're really present with it, is that it, like, hurts us every day. Sure. It kind of hurts us every day. Like, I'm going to practice being rejected every day inside my own head. So, in case anyone else ever rejects me, I'm so used to it, it won't hurt.
1: Right. That's that's, that's exactly it. Right. Because you so, constantly, I mean, any kind of performance art, you're under constant scrutiny of the audience liking you or disliking you or appreciating or not appreciating your work. So,
0: So there's a way to understand and if you're open to doing it it's really great work um there's a way to understand that we act that that's kind of like an energy construct it's almost like an energetic parasite it's like I look at it like a piece of armor that at some point I felt vulnerable I was either afraid of being hurt or I was hurt or or I felt powerless and I needed something to help me and so I reached for whatever was there and again we can search we can reach for joy or we can reach for fear and, I re- and, and the fear bucket just resonated with me and this thing that's kind of this attached itself to me as a defensive structure so when um, and the attempt is to help me right now what
1: happens is a lot so a lot of times we take this stuff on as kids well but here's the problem the reason you take on fear as opposed, or reason I take on fear as opposed to taking on joy is that taking on joy or saying that I'm good at something then negates humility. So the fear of being full of myself and thinking I'm awesome that is a huge fear for me because what if I think I'm awesome but I'm so deluded because I think I'm so awesome that no one else thinks I'm awesome and I don't even see, I'm so like in the joy of like, I'm awesome that I have no context of myself with others in reality because I'm like, I'm so great. It's like Instagram. Everyone thinks they're so great and it's like, yeah, you're not that great but they're like reaching for the joy like I'm awesome and then I'm afraid to be the person that thinks they're awesome, but isn't actually awesome. And then if other people point out that, then that's even scarier. Like, Because then the whole world that I've constructed crumbles. And this is all in my head, like of whatever. But it's... No, but you're describing the human condition perfectly.
0: And really, so there's a difference between joy and ego gratification. Oh, there's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big difference. So joy really arises from our own spirit. It arises from our sense of being and acceptance of who we are in the world and that we have a place here and that really we are connected to the greater wholeness and it's all good. And we're okay however we are. Like that that is a place where joy and connectivity, like experiencing connectivity is what joy is. Ego gratification is generally only about how other people perceive me. Uh. It has to do with what's happening with my relationship just with the external world but isn't that who
1: we are how people perceive us are we i mean is it is it half how we perceive ourselves and half how other people perceive us because i find that how other people perceive me is way more important than how i perceive myself it doesn't matter how i perceive myself i mean maybe i guess it does i guess we're learning here today on spiritual psychology but That's like the whole world is how other people perceive you.
0: Well, it has become the way the world is. Mm. And I think it's actually part of the problem because everybody's concerned. If, if that's, it's kind of like money. Like this is the agreed upon thing. Everybody's trying to please everybody else where is the basis for approval? Like, Uh, is it coming from a deep grounded place? That's actually again, is it rooted in fear or is it rooted in joy?
1: It's rooted in most people on Facebook. It's
0: rooted in, (laughs) which is rooted in fear, which is rooted in fear. A lot of it is rooted in fear. I mean, I've probably told you the story about my client and and I know a lot of people do this and they don't admit it. Like I, I had a client, She was terribly depressed, beautiful, stunningly gorgeous woman, always perfectly put together, gorgeous clothes, lived in a beautiful apartment. And she would go out places and take pictures of herself and then post them on Facebook and they weren't true. Huh? Yeah. Because she wanted people to think she was living this life. What? Yeah, and she wasn't. Yeah, she would go out, she like took, the day she came to, to, that she told me this, she went, she sat on a deck, she ordered a a glass of wine, she took a selfie of herself and said, I'm here with all my friends having a glass of wine at blah, blah, blah place. She drank the glass of wine, she went home and climbed in bed for the rest
1: of the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about, Well, and, I mean, we have to think of it this way too, like, we're of a slightly advanced age. Let's imagine that you're in high school and you- Girl, I ain't advanced until I'm 70. Okay, fair. <laughs> but we're in that same like, okay, let's let's pretend, I mean, I was around in the 80s too. Let's pretend it's, it's 1985 and you take a bunch of pictures of yourself and things you like and you put them up on your wall and then you invite all of your friends over and you say, come over and touch the pictures that you like. Like, that's an insane concept, right? Like, Think about it. In the 80s or the 70s even, like, come over to my house. I'm going to show you all these pictures on a wall, and I want you to touch the pictures and say that you like those. It is weird. And now we're like... We do it all the time. Constantly, every day, and, like, people live and die on, like, how many likes they get or on their Instagram, their hearts or whatever. And it's like, sometimes I feel like when we're in that internet realm, it's all just... I don't know, is any of it real? Like, the filters, I just learned about the filters. There are women who, uh, they put the filters on their face so they look so pretty, and then they showed, like, this is what I look like without my Instagram filters. (gasps) Oh! Right. uh, It's like, then why are you taking pictures of yourself? I just, I can't, I'm just trying to, like, how is it so big now? Like, we just all decided as a group, yep, fear. We're going with fear. I think it is, well, (laughs) I think it is about, I
0: think it is about fear because it's easier to click on a picture than it is to have a conversation. Ah. It's, well, and there's this whole thing also about endorphins that actually, you know, they do, they've been doing tests on kids that the amount of endorphins you get from a hug from a person is the same amount of endorphins that people get when they get a like on Facebook. What? Yeah, it's really kind of scary. So there's a whole, so there's a whole actual psychochemical thing that's happening right. where people are associating feeling connected with with this pseudo connection that we get online. But, which is interesting. So, you know, it kind of ties back to the idea of where do I get my reality about who I am and my experience? Yeah. And is it through how other people see me? Right. Or is it authentically through my own experience of myself and my own experience of the world? And, I mean, most people do filter who they are and how they are through other people but you know if you really think deeply about that that's kind of terrifying because most people are fucked
1: up right and most <laughs> people don't and most people don't care about other people anyways because well, other so people everybody's are doing so, the same thing right
0: right everybody's trying to impress everybody else with whatever is impressive within the particular social or cultural system that you're in sure and I personally believe that we are creations, part of a larger creative force, and that our work here is to be us. Ah. Like... Like, I'm supposed to be me. I'm not supposed to be the me that Pam and Mike and George like. I'm supposed to be the me that I was created to be. But because our culture and our family and all of society roots us to pleasing others, the school system. Sure. Right? It's all about pleasing some stupid teacher, right? And getting an A rather than being creative. Right. Um, So what happens, and, you know, after I die, I have a lot of questions to ask those that figured out this system. But, uh, (laughs) you know, somewhere in early childhood, generally, whole parts and huge parts of who we authentically are gets... Push, get squished or put away right right because they are sure. not acceptable it's not okay people don't like that girls right. don't get dirty boys don't wear dresses whatever sure whatever whatever thing the thing I is know. to not be who you really are so if I'm not who I really am who am I right some yeah Facebook facsimile that I think you're gonna like and and what happens to the real my soul sure what happens to who I
1: really am? Well, that's why in the future, AI stuff will work, is that you could just take everybody's online reactions and interactions and download them into like some sort of AI being. And then you're not there. Your soul obviously isn't there. But for other people who see you, they might think it's you because it's a collection of everything that you put out on the media. So it was how every everybody saw you anyway. So if you put it into an AI body, You won't be there, but everyone will think you're still there. So it's like all that kind of like saving your brain or downloading your consciousness that all the rich little kids are trying to do right now. I'm spending $40,000 to cryogenically freeze my brain. Like, great. (laughs) But when they put that into this AI body, I don't think it's going to be the person. It's going to be all of the collection of their experiences, but it's not them. Right. So we get to that question
0: of what is the real them? What is the essential person? And from my perspective, I mean, I I feel like my life work is dedicated to helping people nourish and support and discover that. Because that's where real joy is. When I'm actually in connection with my authentic self, with, you know, I tend to look at at the world like a garden like so if we're all flowers in the garden you know and, and you go into a garden and there's no such thing as a perfect tulip there's no such thing as a perfect daisy like they they each are unique sure right and but if daisies are out of fashion which they probably kind of are right now and you should be a petunia or whatever you should be then you know I can spend my whole life trying to be a petunia Sure. Right? My daisiness isn't good enough. I'm supposed to be... I'm a crappy petunia.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. But I
0: got to try to be a petunia. I got to dress myself up and paint myself purple or whatever I got to sure, do, sure. right, to try to be a petunia. But I'm a crappy petunia. I'm never going to find joy. I'm going to live in fear that I'm supposed to be a petunia.
1: Most of us feel like that. I, no, I know. I used to watch... Look at the girls with the size two jeans and I'd be like, their thighs are so small. I'm never going to have... Small thighs, as opposed to being like awesome. I've got like big legs that are strong and can do things and can run and can dance and Nick and Their their big legs are great, as opposed to like I want to be a skinny tiny model. Like it's the same thing with height. I'm only five five. I wish if only if only I was five ten. You know right. that then, then I'd be. And I know people five ten that are like I can't get a date. <laughs> Because all men are 5'9". Because all whatever. men are 5'9", yeah. right.
0: So so that whole, again, we're talking about, if we talk about fear and joy, Like sure. that's all rooted in fear, that we aren't good enough how we are. Right. And there's a lot of religion, there's a lot of culture, there's a lot of family that yeah. will support that. Sure. And so if everybody agrees that they aren't good enough how they are, and we're filtering our reality of who we are through other people who don't think they're good enough... It's kind of insanity. It, yeah. Do you know what I
1: mean? Like, sure. It's like an echo chamber. It's an echo chamber. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's not a good one. Yeah. And you know, for me, the difference between th- humility and thinking I'm great is humility is really an accurate assessment of who and what I really am. Mm. Both positive and my challenges. So nobody's perfect. There is no such thing. Perfection is even, is a, is a foolish word when you talk about anything that's real. Everything's unique. So so to own that you have strong legs and you have a sense of humor and like the things that are uniquely Pam, it doesn't necessarily make you better than other people. It's just what's uniquely you. Right. And humility for me, as much as anything else, is the ability to own what's good about myself in a balanced way with what my
1: challenges are. That's humility. Right. What makes me better than other people is that I don't have a cell phone and I've never seen the movie Titanic. Those are the things that make me I'm better. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you.
0: I just had this conversation the other night. I held out for 20 years to see Titanic. I just saw it six months ago. I loved it. You loved it. Okay. I I'm loved just, it. I thought it was going so to be so sappy. I, and you know what? It was not sappy. I did not like the last 30 seconds. The okay. only thing I would change is the last 30 seconds of the movie. What did everybody live? No (laughs) (laughs) No, I would not I would change you'd have to see it to know the last thirty seconds. But um, because I don't understand why she did the thing she did. It was kind of stupid. But but the whole idea basically what happens is he returns her to her authentic self. She's trapped. She's trapped in a gilded cage of a privileged life Mm. and he sets her free. And he really does set her free. I mean, he and, and the fact that he do, it's not the idea that the, that she doesn't even really mourn him. <laughs> she doesn't. It wasn't like some unrequited love and she's going to love him. It wasn't like that at all. He had a purpose. He was a bridge. He was a bridge to get her out of this privileged life that she was in as a disempowered woman, pre womans right to vote, sure right. And and, she, and he sets her free. I, I I really I have to tell you it wasn't what I expected. I thought it was this like love thing and he would die and it would be this tragedy. It wasn't even that sad. Huh. I mean Leonardo DiCaprio is pretty cute at that age too. <laughs> but uh, no, he dies. It wasn't that big of a deal when he died. Well, I mean I have to say, yeah. just for me,
1: I sure it, I don't know. It was I more the know. fact
0: that she lived. And how she lived, yeah. And he helped her to do that. I, if you get, I'm telling you, it's just one. Of I know those you're a holdout. It's an I, ego whole, thing.
1: It's an ego thing. Yeah. It's just she's the, not gonna the see Tammy. I just everyone saw it. I was like, I want to be different. It was one of the ways I was claimed to be unique. <laughs> well, being different is fine. Being different is fine. If. If it's authentic to who we are.
0: Sure. I mean, that's, um, so there's an interesting thing to think
1: about. If you think about thoughts as things, if you think about feelings as things, I think thoughts are real though. That goes back to Socrates and think and Plato and thinking thoughts are real. When you think of something, it exists in your head. That thought is real. It has, it has a form. form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's real.
0: Right. And then it can become form. Like there's nothing in this room right now. There's nothing in the room of any of our listeners right now. That wasn't a thought. Sure. Right. This was all created. Somebody had a thought, an idea, and then it, they made it in one form or another. They gathered the money and the resources, and then it became... Disposable cups. Magic. Disposable cups. And, and <laughs> straws, and which straws! I love straws. Straws are going to go away pretty soon, but I'm sad about that. But um, so if you think about if thoughts are things, and if everybody has them, and we can look at our family of origin our own childhood, that we've all picked up thoughts from other people. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at the thoughts that are being spewed right now from forty-five. Ooh, right. Yeah. Thoughts of of bigotry and hatred sure. and, and fear
1: misogyny. And, and people are taking those on. Absolutely. Right. And, and they're taking them on without even knowing it. I think that it's. I think it's negatively affecting so many people. It is. without them even. Being conscious of it. Like right. it's. No,
0: it's so the level of unconsciousness is where attachment happens. Ah. Uh. So, but it attaches to us because there's some way that we resonate with it. So, like, we are not fans of 45, right? I know that. There are a lot of. I was just. <laughs> I was down in Death Valley. Oh my God. With everybody with the flags, the like Trump 2020. Oh, wow. That was interesting. That was interesting. So, there's a lot of people that are. So the resonance, there's a different resonance. Like, I don't resonate with bigotry and hatred, right? But right. there's people that
1: do because they have they fear. But they're resonating with tax breaks and promises. Some of them are of, also just
0: resonating with fear. They okay. have fear of losing
1: what they have, fear sure.
0: of they're yeah, not that, being that, enough, that, that, yeah. and brown people are going to take it away from me, right. or, you know, like that, sure. that idea. Um, we all pick up thoughts from our parents. Right? Our parents. My mother's opinions about me, my mother's, and I might take them on directly or I might um, defend myself against them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, my parents were Tea Party gun toting Republicans. And, oh, my. You know, I, wow. I've like defended myself against that and gone the other direction, reacting to the thoughts of other people. When we take those on, um, and, and if we look deeply, a lot of the internal talk that people have is stuff that was given to them. By a caregiver, by a coach, by a teacher. You know, I mean, we talked about the
1: thing that happened to you in
0: kindergarten with the teacher that said you were...
1: Mrs. Mowers, she was the worst. Yeah, called me fat in front of the whole class. Called you fat in front of the whole class. Like, ooh, boom. That was like an interject, right? Oh, my God. That went in there. Well, it made me be a teacher. I mean, I think that that's why I was a teacher for a couple years uh, out of college is that I was like oh my god I've got to protect children from these teachers that say terrible things like if you're a kindergarten teacher you're supposed to be a sweet like completely patient really nice. I mean kindergarten teachers are special people and I don't even think they they're should like be spent, they aren't always but I can't imagine you're you going to be in a room with a bunch of children you're going to be mean to them and abuse them that's insane <laughs> well so
0: one of the things that can happen and we all do this is that and I, I actually can say this, that we all do this, is that it's very easy for us to feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. And that when my negativity, so I can often, if I put someone else down, it's generally an attempt to elevate myself. Sure. And I'm feeding on their life energy. It goes back to the Monsters, Inc. thing. Like, if you are suffering, then I am I actually can feed off of that. It's very bad.
1: I think that you should tell your daughter to write that as a thesis project for college or something. It's a great it's a really great concept of taking monsters zinc and like using it as a as a structure to see our own lives. That's amazing. Like it's, it's
0: really well, it's deep. <coughs> it, there's a lot of reality to it <laughs> when great. we when we look at what's happening on a spiritual on an energetic level, taking well the good news about it for me is that we take these things <clears throat> pardon me and when they have form then we are no longer disempowered by them. We're no longer victimized by them. We can actually do something about it. Uh, which is, I'm all about, let's do something about this. Sure. Right, so what can we do to make this better? Like right. that, Just like yourself. You're a justice person. That's part of your authentic self. So, you know, your kindergarten teacher said a terrible thing. It had an impact on you, but you turned it into, how can I not do this to other people? Or how can I yeah, be a better person in Right. How does not happen with other kids? There's a lot I of just, different ways to go. I
1: tell little girls always, even when they're two or three or young, I always compliment them on their uh, cleverness or their word usage or their big sentences or like, what a good speaker you are. Before I tell them how pretty they are. Oh, my God. Why does every single, like, whenever anybody sees a child, the first thing they say is, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so pretty. It's like, don't tell little girls they're pretty. Stop it. Right. Like, <laughs> like, stop right. When, doing when, that. When,
0: But that's part of the it starts the attachment to what other people think and how other people see us right away. Which I mean it is part of being social beings that we interact and we have influence on each other. But when those when those influences become they outweigh their useful social purpose. So, you know, someone says something to you and then you have it in your head for the rest of your life. Right? Yeah. And, and it's a harmful thing. That's energetic interference. Yeah. So, and a lot of people think, well, that's just in there. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, you know, my kindergarten teacher told me I'm fat. That could wreck you for the rest of your life. That could be in there. It actually is like she installed this thing and it stayed there. So,
1: she uploaded a program and the program needs an update.
0: And I'm going to tell you, <sighs> the program can be updated. That can be extracted. We can get really that those interjects, those inserts, we can get used to them. We can orient ourselves around them. They can be ways we, mo- like I I started with the idea of like, I'm fat. Right. I mean, for me, that came from my first boyfriend who told me how had a fat ass when I was 13 years old. Oh my God. And I really wanted to impress him. And so I started to make myself throw up. Oh, wow. And then yeah. the whole thing for me became, I need to be skinny so people will love me.
1: Right. Yeah. Right.
0: No, I, because right. there's a belief that, only how other people see me make me lovable. Right. And I'm, I don't have intrinsic worth as a person because right. I'm not connected with my authentic self and my joy.
1: Right. And no one will listen to me unless I'm skinny and pretty. Cause no one listens to fat people. We're terrible to fat people. We're terrible. I don't know if it's all over the world or if it's just the United States, but I mean, it's, we're not nice. <laughs> our, all of our, like the, we, we, have this slovenly like we when we think about like people who are I don't know I just I feel I feel bad but it's part of my programming too that like fatness is somehow the worst evil of all somehow I don't know if that's because I grew up so wealthy, or because everyone has diet food, or I—I I don't understand why. But it's a—it's a, it's a strange—it's a strange thing. We're in—you know—the 1800s. If you were fat, that meant you were rich, right? Like you, if you were there, you'd be like, "Wow, you're fat," right? No, you look at all awesome. the paintings, right? Wow, wow. Yeah, it was good. It meant it meant that you, you had plenty.
0: prosperity in yeah. your life, right? Enough money to eat. <laughs> so, so let's do a piece of work. Okay. Let's do a piece of work on Pam. So, what's that voice in your head that? makes your life miserable
1: it just tells me that I'm um that I I hate myself I say it all the time I'm like I hate you I hate myself
0: okay so if you come into your body just take a minute take a deep breath notice where your feet are and your hands are and your head is and
1: um see if you can do you actually hear it Oh, all voice? the time, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, see if you I can actually say it out loud sometimes, okay. like on the bus or whatever. I'll be like, "Oh, I hate myself." Okay. So, <laughs> I had—I I used to have that voice. I'm gonna tell you, I haven't—I don't have that
0: voice anymore. That's nice. So, we're gonna get rid of this voice for you too. So, see if you can notice where that voice lives. Is it more on the right? Is it more on the left? If—if if you were gonna try to like listen, where do you hear? It? Uh, I would say the right, right side. Okay. And is it all over the whole right side
1: or just more like towards your temple or toward the back? Uh, Probably like the whole kind of side of my head. Okay. And then it talks to the other part. But I mean, usually it makes my voice go. Say it out loud. What's the part it's talking to? Uh, It's talking to the part of me that's embarrassed about something that I did or didn't do or that I accomplished, but maybe I did it wrong. Or I think maybe that I offended somebody or maybe sometimes I say some really fucked up shit on stage and I'll be like, Oh my God, was I, did I really say that in front of people? I hate myself. Like I'll, I'll, it's like the, it's the judgment of some actions that I've, that I'm, I'm trying to like, circle back and look at my day, and then I'm like, oh no, it sounds like it's a way you're trying to emotionally regulate yourself huh. when you're unsure, sure, or you take a risk. Okay. Well, it's after the risk has been taken, right? It's, it's like it's after, yeah. It's it's once I've put something out there, and then I'm like, and there's oh. some fear around it, right? Yeah, sure, okay. yeah.
0: Okay, so. If if you bring your awareness to that right right side of your brain, if if we were going to give it a color or a shape, what color or shape does it have?
1: Oh, I'm going to say yellow, uh, yellowish green, mm-hmm. and it's like a. Like I'm going to go with like a mucusy, snotty sort of covering, like the kind of stuff where you try to wipe it off, but it kind of gets all over the, it's like, it's like, I didn't know that I just crapped an oil painting kind of thing. Like right. I'm trying to wipe this off. It's, and it's not poo per se, but it's more like slimy goo that like, it's now it's like, it's like, I oh, don't know. It's on my fingers. And it's like, I can't, ah, oh. you try to get the wipes and you just can't even remove it. And it's still there, like a little sludgy okay it's mucusy yucky
0: so we're gonna we're gonna ask it a couple of questions so as a matter of fact let's see if you could move that energy out of your body and it could personify itself this kind of green slimy thing that's on the right if you if you could personify it in front of you with limbs and a head and a face what size would it be
1: oh little like maybe the size of like a a dill pickle okay uh but you kind of like a dill pickle like kind of bumpy and green and sort of slimy, and what's his personality like? Uh, it, I think it's kind of a dick. It's like, a. It, is it a dick? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, the size of a green dick. It's the size of a green dick. And it's like living in my, it's living in the left side of my head. It's a, a little bit of cock with it's, a bad attitude. It, it's, like, it's like, you're so fucking dumb, Pam. Why did you do that? Um, okay. Yeah. And it's like, it's all like, and it's got like little, you know, like little weird spindly arm things. And it's like, has little fingers is like you're a big dummy. And, like pointing at me. How does it feel about you? Um, you know, I th- that's the thing. I think it's conflicted because like it wants to be it wants to be out in the public. It wants to be like look at me. I'm like pickle dick. I'm like <laughs> but it's uh not it, mm. but it's it's like that it can't be it wants to be the center of attention. Right. But it's it's pretty gross. You don't want to you don't want to, you know, have a slimy show everybody your slimy pickle.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, I love you. So how does it feel about you? If this is something you have
1: a relationship with, how does it feel about Pam? If he feels I'm dumb, that I always say the wrong thing and it's trying to tell me like, stop doing that dumb shit. But the, the other thing is that, Like, and it, it yells at me a lot about like one of its little diatribes is like, you're not even drunk right now and you're still doing stupid shit. Like it it tells me like that, I I don't know. It's sort of like the justification. It's my actions. That's when it gets mad at me. It's like, you know, if you want to do dumb shit, then you have to be drunk so you won't remember it. (laughs) Like don't, otherwise I'm here and I'm going to tell you, you did dumb shit. So And it's not even that the shit is dumb. It's just something I said or I maybe offended someone or maybe I wrote my name on a list weird or maybe I should have been... I should have signed up number three and then I signed up number five and so now I'm going to be late. God, I'm so stupid. I hate myself. Like, just small shit like that too. Just like... mm -hmm. What's its purpose? doesn't have to make any sense. But Uh, let me ask it. What's its purpose? uh, To keep me from being stupid in front of people I guess like and what's the purpose of keeping you from being stupid in front of people uh oh, because they're gonna not they're gonna not they I'm gonna whatever respect they might have had for me they could potentially lose if they either respected me as a producer or a comedian or whatever they could respect me for they'd be like oh well she's you know she fucked it up this time and like she's not even drunk. But that's I think that a lot of it has to do with like there's a lot there's a there lot there's a lot of drinking component in there. But I don't I don't drink that much, but I have this reputation that I drink a lot, so I think that this little guy is like trying to sort of protect me. But What's he trying to protect you from? Um from from people not respecting me, I guess, or that if people don't respect me, it doesn't matter because I don't respect myself. Like it's, it's okay, okay that people don't respect me. Cause why would you, you know, kind of thing. Okay. How, how does the voice make you feel? Um, I, I now see the thing is I don't, really register the emotions of shame or regret except in this sort of like little well let's really drop dip. into it this is Pickle Dick how does Pickle Dick make you feel uh, I mean not good but still it's that safety thing of like you know no one can hate me more than I hate myself so screw them really, it doesn't matter is that really safe I mean, um, you're rooted in hatred in that place. Sure. Uh, it's just be like having to be responsible for all of my choices is tough to do in the mo- moment. So I usually just I'm acting in the moment and I think in the moment everything's fine. But then lady, late, later the little pickle dick is like, you're a fuck up. Mm. Like You shouldn't have you should think before you act you shouldn't you know because so, sometimes on stage I don't have a plan at all like I have no idea where I'm going to go with it I just sort of talk mm-hmm. and try to be funny and things can get off the rails they can go pretty wonky and then and sometimes I, sometimes I think it's funny sometimes I don't even remember what I said but you know and then the, the pickle will be like oh man you suck like why did you even do that so, I guess, yeah, usually it shows up after I'm sort of like in the moment. Like, I'm like, I'm just flowing with the groove, bro. Like, I'm just doing my thing and not like, not being having a rational thought pattern behind, like, you're just in the flow. Right. In the flow. Just not, it's like when I'm not consciously choosing my choices, I'm just like letting that all happen. I'm being sort of Buddhist. I'm like, look at me enjoy the moment of transit. But later, I, that's the voice that's like, ah, you suck when you do that. But then I don't really know if I do or not because I don't usually, like when I'm in that sort of flow, I I don't really remember everything because I'm so present that it's hard to have like a past or present voice on the actions of now. So it's like me second guessing my authentic self just doing whatever it does mm-hmm. That's so and then it's like man you suck but then sometimes I barely even remember and it's and I swear it's not that I'm drinking it's just that sometimes if I'm in the moment I just I can't remember stuff like it's just you're just in it I'm just in it it happens a lot on stage I'm just like there and then I'm like oh what did I do but thank goodness so much of this is recorded so if I do decide to go back and see what it Dick, I am. I can, I can listen to it. <laughs> All right, so here's a
0: question. Yeah. See if you can, and, and this doesn't have to make any sense. Yeah. When was the first
1: time that you experienced this voice in your life? What, oh, what comes up when I offer it? Oh, probably <clears throat> junior high, maybe freshman year of high school. Okay. Do you know the situation? Uh, Yeah, actually. So. I when I was in junior high I went to this one I went from a Christian school to a junior high but it wasn't the junior high I was supposed to go to it was a different one and then the high school was a different so Volceros was the junior high and it fed into this high school called Monte Vista and then there was this one called Charlotte Wood and it fed into San Ramon wearing the jacket and um, but I went to Los Cerros, and so all my friends were going to Monta Vista. And in in junior high, I was exceptionally popular. I had lots of friends, and a really great group of people. I loved junior high. Junior high was awesome. Like it was. Me too. I loved great. junior high. I had so much fun. Yeah, I in had junior so high. much fun. In junior high. I, loved junior I did high. so many drugs
0: was, in junior high. I didn't do any drugs. I got arrested and had I, so much, much fun and drugs. so many boys. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but
1: boys liked me. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. ski trips. Boys liked me. I yeah, sex, drugs, boys, and rock people. and roll. That was my junior high. But I was. Yeah. People liked me. It was different. So then I went to this other high school, my parents said, we're not driving you all the way to Monte Vista when you, we live across the street from San Ramon. We're not going to do that. I was like, but all my friends, they're like, screw your friends. You'll make new friends. So that freshman year in, in high school, the very first week, I was like, well, I'm going to run for student council president because I was so popular at Los Loseros. Well, little did I know that everyone at Charlotte Wood hated my guts. Like, of course they did. I came in from another school and they're like, fuck you. You're running for president. Fucking what the, who the fuck thinks that that's a good idea and I was like I do I think it's great idea I'm super fun I can't wait to meet people I'm really great I'm gonna be your leader I love working like I'll do all the shitty jobs you hate whatever you know be anyways I don't know nobody I didn't have a lot of friends at that point nobody said to me what the fuck are you doing you don't go from this other junior high where you were popular and you go into the new thing and you think that everything's gonna be fine are you insane are you an insane person because you really
0: didn't know You didn't have enough information of the world as a young teenage, very, very, uh uh-oh, what happened? I unplugged myself. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, sometimes. Very enthusiastic person. You didn't have enough
1: information. I didn't know. Right. But my parents didn't tell me. Nobody threw me a bone on this Nobody one. Nobody like, told you. Maybe it would be best for you not okay. to run for student council president your freshman year in a new okay. school. <laughs>
0: so, so this, so this makes sense <laughs> that Pickle Dick would show up to try to clue you in. Yeah. Hey, right. Exactly. exactly. Now, now, sure. Yeah. Don't
1: do weird shit, Pam. Because, or don't think uh, it's it's the concept of being bigger than your britches or like my. Talent writing checks. My ego writing checks that my talent can't cash. Well, like you said, so what I hear is in this come
0: up earlier. You were talking about you know thinking I'm so great and people don't know, which is what that comes from, right? Is is not having a reality check on your own experience of yourself versus the social situation that you're in, right? And what's that reality check?
1: I don't know. I've never been able to figure it
0: out. Right. So I just have to ask. So uh, what happened in the election? It
1: was awful. The guy, this guy named Max got up on stage and said, like basically who the fuck is this? And what I wrote this great speech and I was like, Hey, I know, I know, I know I come from another school and I just, I really want to work hard. I've always wanted to be in student government. This is like a, a thing that I've, I've wanted. And I feel like I can really like help you guys out. And especially coming with a different perspective. Like oh, I, and I was, I wrote this great speech and like nobody clapped. And then this guy uh-huh. Max got up and he was like, basically who the fuck does she think she is? You're going to uh-huh. vote for this this person you don't even know who says things oh is she has smarty pants what the, who the fuck is this bitch and he did say and then everybody like screamed and clapped for him and were like max 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 and of course he didn't do anything and he got elected president and he was a fucking pile of dog shit that didn't do anything for anybody and just kind of sat there like the king of nothing i mean i should have run for treasurer or secretary right. or but you didn't know i didn't know okay so hold on a second yeah So that max guy was a dick.
0: Okay. So we have this girl. So if you think about that girl and when the pickle dick comes to her, where is she when when she first hears this voice?
1: Uh, I mean, it was probably like, on the stage yeah, probably. She, I remember the way that stage looked too. Like it was, it was where also we, it was like where the dances were, this stupid auditorium, this big, it's where we played basketball. Okay. Yeah. So it
0: feels like after those speeches, she's just, I feel so bad for that girl. So it was, it was if you think about that girl, if you, if you really like tap into her, where is she? What's she
1: doing? Up hiding in the bathroom. Ugh. Like, so embarrassed. So, So, like, just mortified that I... Okay. I just didn't... Of course you didn't.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) how old is she? Is she 13? 14. 13, 14. 13, 14. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Pam, we're going to go to this girl in the bathroom. Here we are, our best adult selves, with all the work and all the compassion we have. We're going to go in the bathroom with that girl. Oh, my God. My heart is broken for her. (laughs) I can just feel her. Oh, those poor things. She's devastated. Oh, and she has to stay at the school. Now. I have to stay at the school. Now.
1: Oh. And I, the thing is, if I would have gone to Santa Cer- or to Monta Vista, I would have won. You know, what, I would have been the president. We got to be with what it is. Yes, you would have. All my friends would have been like, yeah, we love Pam.
0: Okay. So, so bring, bring your awareness to this girl in the bathroom. This is your best adult self. And we want to make ourselves known to her. And we want to tell her that we're here to help her. And this was a terrible thing that happened. And it really wasn't her fault. She really, really didn't know. And we wanna bring her into present time where she can have healthier and more nourishing and supportive ways to manage herself socially and with her own enthusiasm in the world. Yeah. How do you feel about that girl?
1: I, you know, I thought she was, I thought she was pretty together. I mean. She is in a lot she of ways. Was pretty together. But it's just unfortunate that, like, the relationship to reality was so skewed. Like. She didn't know. She did I, not nobody, have the information. But I think that maybe even if people told me, I wouldn't have been able to hear it then. Okay. Because. She might not have I, she might not yeah, have been able to was, hear it.
0: Okay. So that's was, that's okay. I mean, we all have our deficits. She's but it's it really feels to me like it's rooted in enthusiasm and joy of living and wanting to use all she's got all this life energy. I can feel she's like super enthusiastic and her balloon just got totally smashed.
1: I also thought though that it would be a good way to meet people, right? Like I thought, oh, student council, it's a good way to meet people. Even running, that's, they could get to know who I am. They could see, like, I haven't ever met any of these people before. I'm not part of this school. I have a lot to offer. It was like, look, here's me. Here's what I do. And they were like, fuck you. Right. Coming from another school and from the Richie Pants school. Right. So it was like... Okay. So this girl is going to
0: watch what we're going to do now. I want her... She's going to watch what... Does she know that you're her adult self if you... you Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm wearing the jacket. You got the jacket on. Okay. (laughs) So... So we're going to just know that she's watching what happens. So it makes a lot of sense how this got taken on. Right. Does that make a lot of sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's pretty. <gasps> well,
1: I wish that. The, and this is another problem. I have a lot of anger issues. I mean, I wanted to smack that guy, Max, in the face. Like he basically did that to me in front of people. He just demeaned me. And made it obvious that I was not cool right. in front of everyone. Terrible, and and he totally I, disempowered you. And I got no opportunity to kick him in the balls. Like, right. And if I did, then I'd be known as the crazy person that kicks people in the balls. Right. Which I sort of had. Uh, but that was a reputation I already overcame. So I didn't, I didn't, not the ball kicking. I did throw a brick through a window. I threw a brick through a window <laughs> when I was in second, third grade and I, everyone was scared of me. And it anyway, it was, it was good, but I didn't get to like, I mean, this is the funny thing is I actually saw that guy as an adult here, after I moved to the city, I was in my early thirties. I was, I'd just gotten into graduate school. I was probably 33 years old, maybe 34. And funny enough, I was wearing this jacket and it was this guy, Max and Todd Benatar and Randy Wynn of all people. Who's a baseball player who went to high school with me. And I saw them on the corner of 19th and Folsom. And I was out in front of the bar. I hung out at a lot, the homestead and they saw me and they were like, Pam Benjamin. And I was like, Todd Benatar, Max the asshole and Randy Wynn. Nice to see you. Congratulations on being a famous baseball player. And I talked to them and some people came out and I introduced them as like, these are guys I went to high school with. And it was sort of a redemption because all these people were sort of saying kind of how cool I am or whatever to these guys who thought for years that I was not Cool. so I, I sort of had this sort of like redemption moment of, as an adult to be like yeah I'm fucking cool now guys I hang out at this bar I live in San Francisco I'm a badass right. like so that was kind of a but yeah I mean so I got a little bit of retribution but I, and I, I I'll never forget the way I'll, I know exactly what that guy looks like still as an adult
0: okay that's a resentment we'll talk about okay that in another resentment show. different <laughs> stuff. He deserves okay. it, though.
1: Okay. So we're going to go back to the pickle.
0: Little, yeah, so the we pickle. go back to the pickle. So the pickle's here. And, and we can really understand now what the pickle's purpose is, right? The purpose of the pickle is to protect you. From, from not understanding what reality is. From not understanding what reality is, right? Trying to clean it up. Trying, trying to help you out, but it does it in this really negative kind of shaming, blaming, yeah, guilt, post, post, uh, post-production way that's not super helpful. Okay. So we're going to ask the pickle a couple questions. So the first question is what if we're going to ask the pickle this question what do you
1: want uh what is does the the, the it doesn't have to make any sense yeah the 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 pickle wants me to not have a false sense of bravado okay the pickle doesn't the pickle doesn't want me to embarrass myself by thinking that I'm more than I am okay okay So the pickle doesn't want you to embarrass yourself
0: by thinking more than you are. What does the pickle need for itself? What is the pickle's deepest need? If it has its own agenda, what does the pickle really, really need, its deepest need?
1: Uh, Um, If it was going to be fulfilled. It wants people to think that that it's... uh, no because it negates all the good decisions or it just says that the any decision is bad that's the thing it doesn't matter if it was a good or bad choice it's just like all your choices right. are wrong what the pickle is, thinks all my choices are wrong no matter what the choices are so this isn't a thought what does pickle, the pickle need what's its motivation what's, its, what's it looking for uh, for itself the pickle needs me to feel bad about my choices it, it, it makes what the what does pickle it get happy. out of that uh the knowledge that it's doing something, that it's helping me. Okay. Even though it's But it kind of feeds off that negativity. Definitely. Right? Okay. Yes. So that's its food. It never it, it, the pickle never says like, you did a good job. Like, right. yes. You not thinking and making choices in the in an a conscious but not subconscious but not unconscious. Like I'm there, but just not a like a in a non-planned yeah. sort of execution way when I'm just being it doesn't like that <laughs> all the choices when i'm right. being well, you just are said. Wrong. it
0: it 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 likes it when i'm when i'm feeling bad right okay so that is the mark of negative energy interference that it feeds on suffering we get back to the monster's ink thing sure. right it fe- yeah. can you see that yes. like it yes. actually it, generates the food that makes it feel good and sure. when you are good it
1: what ha- if you are great what happens to pickle it, it tells me that i suck it tells me if i'm doing great it tells me don't that you are too big for your britches now okay. it says even if things are great it goes you're not great don't do that don't think that you're don't think that you did well like i mean it was hard last week i mean i was pretty in arkansas everyone thought i was pretty and i came back home and i and then i got i got knocked down last thursday and the pickle was like Same. see yeah. see okay. you get all excited about stuff and you think things are good and guess what Mm-mm. okay so if we
0: get back to this idea of fear and joy Mm. so it doesn't want you in the joy box no no right it doesn't want you in. and i'm going to tell you joy is a tremendous source of power joy is a tremendous source of power that has only productive and constructive consequences i'm just i'm just going to tell you that right right? and and so and if you are in joy then pickle gets no food right (laughs) okay okay So just to notice that that's a hallmark of a negative energy is that it creates negativity and that's its purpose under the guise of being protective. Um, So so the question again is, so if pickle needs suffering, what does pickle really need under the suffering? What does pickle really, really need? If pickle is going to come to
1: its own... It, well, pickle Evolution. wants me to pickle wants me to not do anything. It wants me to like stay at home in the safety of my house with my cat and my wonderful boyfriend and be like, this is enough. You don't. Why do you think that you need stage time? Why do you think that you need all this performance? Why do you think that you need? So pickle just needs more suffering. Pick. Yeah.
0: Pickle wants more stuff. But what is, what does pickle get out of the suffering? Does pickle uh, just need a place
1: to live? I don't know. and something to do but he thinks he's helping me i think that P- pickle feeds off suffering but he's also like just stop doing things cuz then you won't do embarrassing shit like if you do nothing then nothing will be embarrassing or weird so he's actually pushing you to
0: anti life because sure. to do less to do less yeah, he's he's pushing you to devolve sure. rather than evolve again a hallmark of, of negative energy. Right. Okay. So, again, the question... So, I'm going to ask you to do a funny thing. Yeah. I'm going to ask you... If our listeners can't see this, but I'm going to ask you to stay So where is Pickle? If Pickle was here in the room, where oh, is oh, he's like standing on he the board. There. Okay. Yeah. So I want you to see. We're going we're to move Pickle over here. Okay. I'm going to move Pickle here. We're going to pull Pickle over over here. He's going to stand on this. Okay. Move him over here. Okay. Okay. I want you to stand up, and I want you to step into Pickle's energy and bring the mic with you. Oh my goodness. Step, step in into Pickle's energy. I want you to see if you can. So you might even want to grabbing. Okay. I'm yep. Grabbing the. Pickle. Grab the Pickle. Get into the Pickle. I want you to I'm really like feel like the Pickle, the pickle is, is like you become the pickle okay how does it feel to be the pickle energy what is it like if you pickle you might even want to take on the shape of oh. the little pickle. what is it like to be pickle energy
1: it's like uh it's like i'm my own mom sort of telling like disappointment it's a constant disappointment pickles never happy with my choices is always disappointed. No matter what choice I make, the pickle says, that is the wrong choice. Why would you do that? You're so stupid. Like, why would you choose that? Why would you... But you know and then you, why? Look, look at you okay, sitting so on the bus like you're on the you're on the bus now What you can't afford a car what's wrong with you so this resonates with, <laughs> with, with
0: mom energy so you were sure. even more ripe to pick this up yeah right. okay so the question is if you're Pickle what is your deepest need that would bring you into peace and joy what is Pickle need if you so if you were going
1: to finish this what's the opposite of disappointment though that's like fulfillment fulfillment uh, it's, I just think Pickle really likes it when I'm disappointed with myself. Yes, it does. It's but if like, we get like so Pickle suck. needs to be vulnerable, Nothing if you, you were going to finish to
0: this me. sentence, what I really need is, if you were Pickle, finish that sentence,
1: what I really need. What is, I really need. Uh, oh. That's, 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 that's so hard. Vulnerable. What does
0: Pickle really need? Uh, most vulnerable need. To, uh, to, be a pre- to be respected. To be respected. To pickle be respected. really needs to be respected. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So pickle. step out of that oh, and oh, wait, there's one more question. Oh, How will Pickle feel if he's respected?
1: Pickle well, was respected. Uh, How would Pickle feel? That's so hard because uh, the Pickle doesn't necessarily know what that feeling is like And we're going to imagine if pickle if pickle really was respected, pickle would feel I would feel I I would feel I mean, I would try to feel joy about it. But it's like the thing that's so hard is that thinking, thinking that it's like it's that it's that opposite of humility. It's like if I embrace fulfillment, then. I'm then I lose concept of reality again because so that's the fear right that's the fear okay but if but
0: if what we're talking again we're talking not an ego fulfillment we're talking about actually soul level fulfillment which is different which isn't about ego gratification it's not about pride we don't have to be afraid of it it's it's, this is the joy basket that most of us don't even get to step into right okay so so how would pickle feel we imagine how pickle would feel if there was respect
1: I mean, uh, the thing is, I don't think that pickle would even know how to deal with doesn't have to know emotion okay. because it's so. You order.
0: said joy. You said joy. joy. We'll just leave okay, it. We'll there. Okay. The so now, I wonder if you can sense or imagine that your body dissolves, and we're gonna offer, and the body becomes a nectar or an elixir. That is the quality of joy and respect that's exactly what pickle really needs. Mm. So you're gonna your body's gonna dissolve. And you're gonna an energetic form and becomes a nectar or an elixir. That's exactly the respect and the joy that pickle really needs. And pickle can receive so this nectar, what color is it? Does it have a color or a texture? Oh, boy. Maybe orange.
1: Orange. Okay. Is it thin, thick? Uh thin actually, because okay. thick is gooey and gross. Okay. It's easy to drink. Okay. It's good. Good. Like like, wake up in the middle of the night, super thirsty. Like, all right, that's. So
0: this. we're gonna fulfill Pickle's deepest need, mm-hmm. and so Pickle can take up this nectar of joy and respect. Whether he absorbs it through the uh, covering of his body, whether he drinks it, eats it, it pours over him. He soaks in it like brine. Like what yeah. happens? <laughs> how does how does pickle
1: receive what he really needs? Well, I, I think it's going to be have to be a submersion thing, because like, okay. <laughs> <there's, Okay. laughs> I don't think the pickle's going to drink willingly okay. of the joy. So let's
0: submerge. <laughs> so we're going to submerge pickle. <laughs> yeah, in in the jar. Respect. Yeah. And joy. And there's an unlimited supply. And he can receive to his complete satisfaction, really allowing himself to receive exactly what he authentically needs, submersed in joy and respect, an infinite supply, being able to receive till he's completely satisfied, satiated, and just track what happens. To pickle, as he receives that which he authentically needs, respect and joy. And what happens to pickle?
1: What do you notice? Uh, well, he's uh sort of uh become the the vessel that was soaked in. Is now like it's now he's not like a little like trapped inside of it, but sort of becomes the outside of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a in a shape that isn't so like bumpy and gross mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah like sort of like plumping up and so overtakes the jar so like now he's like a little like uh, he's like a little jigglypuff kind of like a little Pokemon guy that's like kind of squishy and like oh things for okay okay so we're going to continue to feed continue even,
0: even if it, it until this complete satisfaction as much respect and joy as can be taken in to his complete satisfaction. So it may change form. He may actually be drinking or eating now. The 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 dunk tank may get bigger yeah, or, uh, yeah. so that so that there's really we really want to fill this need completely. He's like a blimp now though, he's so big. He's like, fine
1: I can't disrupt my can I keep drinking? I can't Yes, leave. he can.
0: He can continue. There's an infinite supply of respect and joy. And so what, this keeps track, what happens?
1: Yeah, he's like in the sky now. He's all big. He's like a blimp. He's like, this is crazy. Look at the view. And so, (laughs) and is he
0: continuing? Does he need more? Because there's plenty. There's plenty. He can continue. There was an infinite supply.
1: Well, I think that he's going to cut himself off because he doesn't want to become like this huge, like spaceship size He can become spaceship size if he
0: wants. Let's just keep track of it. As much as he needs, there is an infinite supply of respect and joy. We're tapping into the principles. We're tapping into a field of energy that has an infinite supply of respect and joy. There is no limit to respect and joy. And he is tapped into it.
1: In yeah, feet. he's like, this is this still I can still suck off. This, this is crazy.
0: So he can it's like just, doesn't he, even believe that he that, can. Yeah, an infinite supply, infinite, to his complete satisfaction. So what's happening? Just tell us what's happening now.
1: Uh, it's uh, in the sky, kind of like a big balloon tether sort of thing. Where I'm like, kind of hold on. I'm like, no, dude, that's cool. I won't let you go. You're not gonna fly away. Okay, it's fine. And so let me know
0: when he's satisfied, when he has taken. I think
1: him. I think he's pretty good.
0: Okay. So the question is, is is he an ally or a helper for you, or is this an energy that you no longer need, that now has been healed, that can move on to the place of its own next evolution?
1: I I mean I wouldn't. I mean why can I let go of the string and I can float away? That's you can. I, I mean. Okay. That's like, that's like a big, that's like a big thing to say.
0: So you want to ask him, are you my helper now or do you need to move on to the next place for yourself?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that he's been very helpful. Okay. So is there anything you want to say to him before you let him go? Uh, Hey dude, don't, don't mess with other people. Don't fly up there in space and and uh mess with anybody else it's uh Well, he's different now though, right? I sure, yeah. Well, it's completely different shape and mm-hmm. and uh how's he feeling? Pretty good. Like um like that he can figure out sort of a motor and go in a direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but not definitely not weighing me down anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: Do you want to let go of the stream? Sure. Okay, so let it go. Let's track him as he moves
1: to the place of its own next evolution. Yeah, He's got a little motor. He's like putting along in the sky like, bye, later. Okay. And so now we want to ask for an ally
0: or a helper to appear to replace him. Oh. That's helpful and constructive and nourishing and supportive that can help you move through the world socially and support your own highest good in this humble perspective of knowing what reality is. Oh. So what appears?
1: Oh, well, I certainly like cat- cats a lot. So that's kind of like an image that okay. works with so me. What color cat? Uh, like an orange stripey cat. hmm
0: and what's orange Stripey cat's personality like? Oh, he's a
1: he's a nice guy. He's uh like big and fluffy and chill and just like mm, mm-hmm. nice kitty. Did he have agenda? Uh, I, I like b- boy cats yeah, better than girl cat. cats. Okay. Girl cats are a little catty. <laughs> and so, um, and how will he help you? Um, I think uh, his big fuzziness uh, will help me by uh, just sitting with me with my decisions as opposed to um chastising them or being disappointed in them because like I don't know cats don't get real disappointed Mm -hmm. I so they're like you know he'll, he'll be like and cats can't talk Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I think they'll be, uh, be a much more um, like life affirming, just being there kind just of being. thing. Cats are good at just to, being, right? As opposed to telling me that my um, decisions suck, right? But saying like that was a decision. <laughs> <laughs> how more the cat way to do it? How will cat protect you? Um. Uh, by, I don't know, giving me something to focus on that's not within myself and mean, like as uh, uh, giving me something to focus on outside of myself mm-hmm. uh, rather than like internally destroying or being disappointed in, in decisions or choices I've made. Right. Cats don't eat their own tail. Right. Right, right. Well, they do when they're kittens, but they don't
0: actually eat it. They just chase it. They chase it, chase it. Right, sure. Okay. And can cat make a vow or a promise to you? Sure. What would that be?
1: Uh, I'm not gonna let you say bad shit about yourself because mm-hmm. you feed me and you're nice, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it's okay. You don't have to judge. You don't have to judge yourself so harshly. Right. How does cat feel about you? Oh, a cat loves me. me. Mm. Cat's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you feel about cat? Oh, I love cat. Awesome. Awesome. And how can you connect with cat? How can you connect with this energy when you need it?
1: Um, I think it would be like an internal, like just sitting and thinking and like, not like physically petting, but sort of in my head, like being like, all right, you know, th- there you you made a decision that you might not be, super happy with but you don't have to shame yourself we can look at what happened in the moment Mm -hmm. and see like you know what is it did I really make did I really do something dumb Ah, maybe it wasn't so bad or you know what no one was really watching no one was paying attention I think that's another thing that Kat can let me in on is like perspective. Right. Something. Perspective mm-hmm. that not everybody's paying attention all the time. I don't, and of course they're not. Who would be paying attention to me all the time? That's insane.
0: Well, like it's interesting. Cause cats, cats do pay attention. Cats notice all kinds of stuff. Mm. They notice detail stuff too. Sure. So does that, is that one of cats attributes? The
1: sure, kind of yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. So cat actually has more eyes than you do. Like to be able to really notice all the details and be able to share those with you Yeah, to give you that perspective. Awesome. Okay. So I wonder if you can imagine that cat is pouring his energy into you. It might come out of his eyes or his throat or his heart or his paws or the top of his head and that you can receive that energy of awareness and love and balanced perspective and that chill just being present and really receiving that into your body. And it might come in the form. Is is there a color? I think it's a kitty high five. Okay. So I really want you to take that into your body. Um, And particularly into your head and all the places where... Um, where the little pickle dick used to live. So really see if you can, like, breathe that energy of the cat into your body, particularly into your head, the right side of your head, breathing it in down into your shoulders and arms, chest and belly, and into your legs, all the way down to the soles of your feet and the tips of your fingers and the crown of your head. Just really receiving the energy of this new internal helper replacing this really old configuration, this old habit, this old pattern that was trying to help you navigate social situations, but in a really shameful bad way. And, and this is now that that's been transformed and released. And, that, and now you're taking on a much more mature, healthy, appropriate, loving, balanced way of assessing yourself in social situations. So really receiving that physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, professionally, creatively, relationally, all, it goes into all of the different systems and the way that you relate familially, all your different systems. And that perhaps you can even hug cat into your body. Oh, hey, I love I love cats. And cat actually just <laughs> kind of like melts into your body yeah. and see where cat would reside in your body if you kind of like really brought cat into your body.
1: Really ingesting, infusing. I would say almost like a like a uh, like a jacket because I don't want to take the cat and turn him into a jacket, but like. Um. That you can sort wear, of the, he's you like can that he's like draped around my shoulders and I can okay. like wear the wear the cat. Okay. And people so. people like cats. They do. So if you <laughs> feel if you feel that, like where is cat? Anybody? Like on like his like head is and paws are draped across one side and his little butt and tail and around the on other the side. other side and he's sort of like just draped on there like a like awesome. a kitty stole. Okay, great. Like a stole. And how does it feel to have him there? He's not. it's nice. He's a comforting little buddy.
0: Okay. So now I want to bring our awareness back to this girl in the bathroom mm. in 1985.
1: 1985? I Whatever think 88, 88 but 88. close enough.
0: Yeah. Okay. And she's been watching. And how does she feel about the cat? Well, I
1: mean, she loves cats. because right. Cats are great. Um, <laughs> like, and cats cool. You got a cool cat. How does she feel about you? Um, I think, I mean... She's. I mean, I hope she wouldn't be disappointed. I have a joke about wearing my cheerleading jacket that um, it just reminds me what a disappointment I am to my parents because I had so much promise. Yeah. Um, but she'd probably be like, oh, varsity cheer? Oh, my God, we make it on the cheer squad? No way. Yeah, and you run a radio show and a radio right, station. Right, 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 right. She'd probably think all that stuff is pretty cool. But okay. it's because the way she was raised, she'd be like... Um, so, like, where is Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and where is the money? Like, are you? I was. I mean, are you? She was very. Well, um, uh, what's it called uh, when you're materialistic? So, show her your life today. Show her your life today and see what she thinks. Well, she thinks that I live pretty cool for junior higher. If I wasn't an adult, well, if you show her, if you show <laughs> yeah, her to be your like, life, it's great. But show
0: her your boyfriend and where you live and you're in the mission in San Francisco. Very cool. Yeah, no, she'd
1: think it was cool, but she'd probably be like, "I thought we were gonna have a five-bedroom house." What do you want to tell her? Like that stuff doesn't you matter. You did that. Yeah, it's it's okay. We does she know yeah, you did that? I don't know. We could talk. You about gotta tell it, her. Yeah, tell her. Show her you yeah. did that. It didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, but and and I think that she probably knows too that like you know we live in a big house, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're these incredibly happy people or right. whatever. So so if. Is she interested in coming and being with you in your life today? Uh, probably, because it's a pretty fun time. I mean, I definitely would be like, you're not old enough to drink, but <laughs> she, she was such a Christian at that time. She wasn't into that stuff anyway. And what are, what are her gifts and talents? What, what's the life energy she holds? Um, I think at that point, uh, she's a, she was a good little, a good little ballerina. Um, was really kind of excelling at that. Um, and she likes to read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And there's some theater stuff happening. There was some, some acting stuff back then. So, like, you know, real creative, perf- performance-based stuff.
0: And how would it be to add her life energy into your life energy today?
1: Um, I don't know how helpful it would be because the motivations from that time were so... Jesus centric, that I don't know if her like insight would be well. So, we are actually on
0: this level when we add life energy, it's kind of stripped of personality construct, it's really at its essence. Like, the essence of her, I feel a lot of enthusiasm from her and a lot of creativity from her, definitely. Yeah, um, and so is she interested in being with you in
1: your life today? Um, I don't know. I think Can we that, ask her? Yeah. I just ask think that her. she, uh, thought that I would be more famous by now <laughs> but or, so, or famous in general, but that's not like a construct. I think that's going to,
0: so that's a conversation to have though. Yeah. If there's a, you know, so there's a part of yourself that still has some old ideas yeah right? That might need to be let go of to really come fully present
1: into your life, yeah she's like, like the only I think it's that when when you're and it famous is the wrong word, but it's a lot of people listening or experiencing your art, and so that is sort of the you're doing that well, yeah, you live not that. On the,
0: do you see that you live that? Not on the
1: grand scale of, you know, I'm not a YouTube star. Like,
0: <laughs> not on the grand scale, but do you live that? Lots of people, lots yeah. of people experience your art every week, it's true.
1: whether they want to or not. I guess no, they have to tune in. They, they have, have to have seek to tune it out. In. They can't. They not. do. It's not like I'm. Although comedy in bars is oftentimes thrust upon a, an, an unwitting audience. They didn't. Sign up for it. Yeah, but
0: you got five shows a week, girl.
1: There's, yeah, that's true. That's
0: right. True. Right. Yeah. And you have a listener yeah. base. Like yes,
1: there is that's like true. that's true. Right. That's, that's there. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she'd probably be pretty. She'd be like, oh, that's fine. And the numbers. I mean, she'd be like, those are big numbers. But I'd be like, you're, you're in high school. You know, come on. All right. Well, let's do it. Do so. Call her into the room right
0: now. Oh. Get her out of that terrible bathroom. She yeah. doesn't need to live there. That was an awful time that happened. That's done. Terrible that happened house. a long time ago, and call yeah. her and if she was going to be in, in the studio with us
1: right now, where yeah. would she be? Uh, probably s- bouncing off the walls, sitting down I don't know, yeah, talking to Jesus in the corner. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, so you got sparkled Jesus? No way! Yeah.
0: So so this is an ongoing conversation Yeah, yeah. with this part of yourself and, and the idea of um, your own success and owning who you are today fully um, versus these older ideas about success that we're given to you. Right. And, and are you a disappointment or are you in fulfillment? Right.
1: Yeah. That, so that, well, that and I, I want to think that I, that my life is good and I'm in fulfillment, but every, but the pickle's gone. So I don't have to have that voice anymore, but it's hard because it's like, I think I like to believe that what I have is enough, but somehow I still don't believe that what I have is enough. Like, but it's like, that can't I just be, it's like, come on, can't you just be happy with what you have? Like, what <laughs> <laughs> do you need? Do you need more? I <laughs> gotta say, I gotta say with the addition,
0: this is where it's interesting when we, when we look at parts of ourselves that we get kind of cut off from, which is kind of what happened with her a little yeah. bit like there's some trauma and, and her ambition got really stomped on to re. Uh, to retrieve that ambition, right—that's kind of authentic to who you are. That desire to make the world a better place. That desire to do work. Like I want to do a lot of work. You know, it's interesting because there is—I think there's healthy ambition. I think that we do kind of have optimal life purpose, and—and and I would wonder, like this conversation, if you're having. If with the retrieval of this energy into yourself, if there isn't going to be a push to maybe do something a little bit different Hmm. that may be even more fulfilling than what you're doing now. I don't know, but I'm, I'm curious about that.
1: Well, we'll see what happens this year with the festival. (laughs) <laughs> I'm curious. I'm
0: curious about that too, because because I believe the desires that we have are there to move us forward to our own soul's fulfillment. Mm. Um, and so whenever anybody says, "Well, shouldn't I be happy with what I have?" Yes, in the moment, yes, it's you know, happiness is about wanting what we have, right? Um, but want there's nothing wrong with wanting more and to query what it is, what the real one is and, and how do I fulfill that? Sure. That's the joy bucket. Right. Um, yeah. Positive, am- positive ambition. And it may not be a, fi- you know, the, the five bedroom house and sparkly Jesus, like those, are, those, <laughs> those are exterior I, things. Well, I already did that though. And it wasn't, you did filling, it. So it's
1: fun. Yeah. Right,
0: right, right, right. So, um, so we'll have to check in. Right. Let's see, see what if the pickle is truly gone with the pickle voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes there's habit energy and we'll like, want to do it. What I encourage you to do though, is to think about the cat. Right. And to practice a lot of times the the voice is just gone. Sure. Because what we've done, I mean, it's interesting that it's a pickle, is the thing I love about this particular process, and this is a derivative of that feedy demons that I was sure. talking about, is that a lot of times in Western psychology, Western spiritual practice, it's very masculine where we like revenge on things or kill them or kick them in the balls or cut yeah, them off, yeah. right? And, and this is about looking at the deepest need and fulfilling the deepest need sure. from a place of compassion. And when we do that it actually is transformative. And transformation is different than killing something or cutting it off. Right. Transformation actually changes things. It takes garbage and it makes it into compost. And once gar- garbage becomes compost, it doesn't become garbage again. Right, right, right. Yeah, sure, it feeds things. It's like a cucumber. Once a cucumber becomes a pickle, it can never become a cucumber again. Right. So that transformative process which is really what jesus taught i mean it all great spiritual masters teach um that the energy of compassion it's how gandhi freed india from Uh, England. really it is right it's how martin luther king turned the civil rights movement around from being in a place of strong compassion it changes things sure um i derailed your phone call though today it's totally fine. I, you know, I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping we could do, I was
1: hoping we could do this. Yeah, no, uh, no, that was great. I mean, the, the little, I mean, it's, it's good to recognize like the places in my life where things went wonky and be like, look at that and recognize it and say, you know, that has created patterns in my life, which aren't, which aren't necessarily helping me. Not because none of this stuff none of this stuff helps me. Like all the, the negative self-talk, like that doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't help, help, help me forward at all. No, it doesn't help us. I but, mean, and it's irrational. It's like, but it's so, it, it, it's such a patterned thing now where, and it, you, and I sit on the, sit there on the bus and I go kick myself. God, I'm so stupid, but it doesn't, that doesn't, it doesn't need to be like that. It can, no. I don't have to have the negative. It could say, I can look at it without the judgment with the cat. Like, the cat and I can sit down and look at it and be like, all right. That's what happened. And how is As that different? How are they different? Because it, it, it's just, it's it's not... Pickle, like, negatively jumps on every choice no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's a positive choice, still, oh, God, you said that to that person, that's terrible. Or you, like... F- I sent out, for one, one example, I, I got excited about the concept of the that school thing the other day, yeah. and I sent out a bunch of emails to a bunch of different schools, and then after, Pickle was like, you're an idiot. Like, why did you do that? Why would you send that out? You're just making yourself look stupid. Pam's talking about starting a program to train comedians. Right, in a, in a college-based thing, like right. CCSF or what have you. Right. And... Uh, which I think is a fabulous idea. Yeah, I think it would comedy be... Comedy college. Yeah, but there... I mean, there it'd just be a comedy college that would be free and at a college level as opposed to, like, the one that's downtown where they make you pay lots of money. Right. But to to sort of elevate the art so that people actually see it as an art as opposed to, like, people standing on stage with a microphone because of the hubris of their ego that thinks that they can entertain people with a microphone. Oh my God. But so that's the same voice. That's like, how did, and the pickle would say all the time, how you, you think you're 44 years old now you've been doing comedy for seven and a half years. You really, you really think that anybody's listening. You really think that this is a good thing. And I'm like sitting there going, Hey pickle, actually I'm not terrible about at this. Like, I I don't suck at it. So I don't know why the pickle is constantly telling me that I suck because I I really don't, I don't think I'm people laugh at my jokes. They at least listen.
0: So again, we get back, if we get back to this idea that there's two buckets that we can drink from, right? can drink from the bucket of fear and negativity. We can drink from the bucket of joy and fulfillment and fear and negativity also includes anger and outrage and judgment and all that, all that negativity. And, You know, I mean, we look at it every day and the choices we make with the media that we consume, with the choices and the kind of conversations that we have. And it's, you know, we all have have both of those within us. We all have fear and judgment and criticism and anger and rage and resentment and self-righteousness. And we all also have joy and fulfillment and love and compassion and selflessness and generosity, right? So which one and, you know, the negative...
1: Is a little bit more edgy. Well, it's easier too. It's easier. It's easier to be negative than it is to be positive. It is because it's de- it's it's
0: actually about not taking risks. It's about ego gratification. It's about being invulnerable, and um, and putting other people down so we elevate ourselves. It's 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 about the attempt is to feel better instantly, whereas the bucket of generosity, compassion, fulfillment, love is about being vulnerable, it's about taking risks, it's about growing outside, it's about being constructive and creative, and moving into the unknown. Sure. It really is. I mean, this is about, the the fear is about being in the known, right? and the joy is about being in the unknown. It's much more adventurous. (laughs) It actually takes, uh, you know, for me, it's the hard and scary thing. And I just want to say, Pam, you know, if you didn't do what you do and all the work and dedication that you have... I wouldn't be able to be here and this is really this is huge this is me stepping outside my comfort zone to do this and to expand my work and to look at different ways to bring my work into the world I'm so grateful for you I've actually never seen you do a comedy act which is like my shame (laughs) at this point I have not seen it I mean I get to I get to laugh with you every week but um You know, you don't know how many people you impact in a positive way by what you do that maybe has nothing to do with
1: comedy. Well, and I have to, that's what I've been trying to remind myself lately is that when um, I sit there and go, oh, you know, Pickles, like you're a shitty comedian and what do you think you're doing and blah, blah, blah. and, And whatever my quote unquote place in the San Francisco comedy stratosphere is, a lot of that doesn't matter at all because Mutiny Radio has nothing to do with comedy. Like, I mean, it does. Obviously, it has something to do with comedy. There's a lot of comedy here. But, me as a comic and Mutiny Radio as an entity don't have to be synonymous right exactly they're no, not no they aren't synonymous
0: because my experience of you and of mutiny I mean you're the manager of the station who comes and helps me and hangs out and we have great conversations yeah. and you're helping me learn how to do this thing that I have no idea how to do well you know how to do it now I know how to do it now <laughs> but but you know I mean you're a great teacher and you create this great and loving really open fun environment and, and really have provided an opportunity and
1: so I'm just going to say that's the cat stuff I have to focus on because the the comedy stuff is like it's where the pickle is because you it's you're getting a microphone and you're screaming into the void you're constantly screaming into the universe saying like I exist I exist like that's all stand up comedy is <laughs> it's like standing up on stage with a microphone like screaming I exist to the universe I'm real I exist I'm here that's like and there's so many people that do it and why do we feel the need to stand up in front of people that we either know or don't know, and say, "Here's who I am. I exist. I'm unique. Why? I'm funny. Why? Because,
0: because the ultimate reality is that we are all connected. We are all expressions of the deeper consciousness that is underlies everything of yeah. the one. But we, you know, when we get legs and we're walking around on the earth, we're disconnected, right? Sure. And so the attempt. I think that's what everybody's doing on different levels. It's like, I'm here. I'm right. real. Yeah. Like, am I real? Tell me I'm real. Right. Like, right we right, all right, want right, to know that. Right, right. And we all, ha- I do it too. I mean, that's w- I think it's what we do as humans. The great thing is, is when we can really be present and see when other people say, yeah, I see you. Uh, you're real. Sure. You real. So I'm going to tell you right now, Pam, I see you, oh, I see and, you you're you're no, you're and you're real. No, you're real. And you're really helping people. And you know, the great, the greatest people in the world, those who have done the most good in the world, didn't live in five-bedroom houses. <laughs> A lot of yeah. them didn't.
1: That, it, oh, that's not the thing that we remember about them. Right. It's the way they affected the people in the community. Well, and some of them aren't even known until, I mean, look at Emily Dickinson. Right. She had like two published poems during her life, and then posthumously she had over 500 poems published. Right. And it's like, and she's one of the most, you know, well-known American poetess of our time or whatever. And she she lived in an attic, right in Massachusetts. Yeah, and it was. I've been there.
0: <laughs> you yeah, I cool. have been there. All yeah. those people knew each other. Walt Whitman and Emily. They all. Yeah, they lived. Oh, it was so beautiful where they lived out near Concord and Lexington. And yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm a thorough fan. I mean, yeah, all those guys. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Been to. Been to the. You went to his little cabin in the woods. I've been to the cabin. Well, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, the cabin doesn't exist anymore, but the oh. pond is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Good stuff. Well, this was incredibly helpful for me today. I mean, seriously, I haven't thought about that, that, that terrible high school, junior high transition thing in a while. It was tough because people didn't like me. I applied. I tried to be a cheerleader and I kept applying is the wrong word, auditioning, and I didn't make it for the freshman team or the junior varsity team, but I did make it for varsity, which was so funny. So I became, I was a cheerleader my junior and senior year. So all the other, right, I know I was like, I didn't make it the freshman or sophomore year, but suddenly when I was a junior, like I did it and then I I did it for two years and there was a time, this guy's name was Kenny. Oh God, he was a mean little motherfucker. He's one of the only black kids at school. So I get it. Like if I was one of four black kids, I would totally make fun of everybody also. But they published in the school newspaper when the cheerleaders were announced for the following year. So it was my sophomore year and I was in driver's ed. And this guy, Kenny, was behind me. He was very tall. And uh, he looked at it and he goes, this is a joke, right? This is a joke newspaper. This is so funny because it says that you're going to be a varsity cheerleader, which is obviously a joke. And he said it in front of like the whole class. And I was like, nope, that's real. I'm a cheerleader next year. That's a thing. And you didn't kick him in the balls? No, I didn't. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, why did I even apply? Why did I try? Why do I try to be a cheerleader? And so, and then then it was like, once I finally became a cheerleader, people were like, you just want to be a cheerleader so you could be popular, but we're not going to let you be popular anyways. You know. And I was like, no, I became a cheerleader because I have a really loud voice and I'm a proficient dancer and I want to perform at the halftime games and I like the little skirts. Like what? The outfits are cute. I, I like cheering I've always been like a cheerleader type of person like yay and so but I mean it was high school so and I guess that stuff leaves marks and scars totally I mean I remember
0: oh god because I got really fat in high school I gained 70 pounds wow yeah my junior year high school when one year what happened you I stopped doing drugs and smoking cigarettes oh yeah I didn't know. You I got said, healthy. <laughs> I got healthy. And I became president of my senior class. Wow. As a matter of fact. When yeah. you were fat? When I was fat. What? Yeah. Yeah, I did. But wow. people were mean to me. When I get into college, I went to go to a party one time. And they said, oh, no, you can't come in. We don't allow fat girls. <sighs> right? So I wrote, a, I wrote an article. It was a turning point because I went home and I was like, I'm fat. I suck. And, um, and then I get mad. And I wrote an article about prejudice against fat people and they published it in the in the newspaper and you know what it's funny because i hung out with a lot of african-american it was an african-american minority at the college i went to when i hung out with a lot of my boyfriend was black and um and i kind of studied the way that they moved through some of the bigoted sure demographics at the school and um you know like not being impervious to it and uh and I really worked to take that on. And, you know, after that, if anybody said anything to me, I was on them like flypaper. Yeah. It totally changed. After that, and now, to this day, if anybody gives me shit, who are you talking to? You know, I'm like, what? Sure. You got yeah. something to say? Right. You got a problem? Yeah. You got a problem with that? You don't like my ass? Because my ass is really cute now. But <laughs> 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 Want to see? 70 no. pounds. But, yeah. Yeah. But it really... Um, Yeah, I've had a whole interesting experience of being a skinny girl, fat girl, skinny girl, yeah.
1: There was a movie that they just recently had. It was on the Netflix, and I can't remember what it was, but there was a scene in it where all the guys at this one fraternity, they had a party, and they took a fat girl, and that was the whole party, (gasps) was to see who could bring the cutest fat girl or whatever and they and so it was like a whole theme about it and I just watched this movie and I was like when are they gonna say that this is bad (laughs) like when is there gonna be some shaming about this behavior just some movie about I'm so pretty it was
0: like some girl that supposedly is chubby and she thinks she's pretty and then I yeah there's
1: a new Netflix thing creepy for me she's it's a it's a series or whatever and she's a, she says that she's a loser or whatever. It's something like that. It's on Netflix. Um, know, people are trying to be more body positive, but I, I don't know. It's at all. it. Body positivity has always been, it, it's a social construct that we are thrown into and we have to sort of abide by it. And it's the same sort of thing as like makeup or right. the way that you dress or. Right. No, it's a whole. It's, it's, a whole it's
0: all about how people perceive, perceive us yeah, the from outside. the outside rather than the inside. So, in spiritual psychology, we're all about the inside. inside. So, if you want a free session of spiritual
1: psychology and have your life completely changed, I've completely changed you. Uh, and you've did. completely changed me today. You can, uh, the um, the pickled dick is gone. Pickle. <laughs> Sergio loves the pickled dick. The pickled dick is Sergio gone. It was a bad voice in my head yeah. that told me that the I was the, the disappointment. And, and you the, got the loving cat. I got the loving cat. That's it. Got rid I'm going to be dick. so
0: interested to see what happens. So, if you would like to have a free session of spiritual psychology, the requirement is that it goes and gets published online uh, we can do it anonymously but you can send me an email info at renee mckenna.com you can send me a text 415-672-4992 have a lovely week we'll look forward to talking to you again next tuesday at 10 a.m
1: uh, your volume's down my volume is down there you go apply now for the mutiny radio comedy festival 2019 applications open until november 30th for 25 shows in five days 40 comics chosen march 1st through 5th 2019 for the mutiny radio comedy festival it's our fourth annual and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from apply now through november 30th go to our website www.mutinyradio.fm
2: for more details aloha mutineers stolowitz here people ask me dave why The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian hate ashbury activist Diamond Dave with help from his friends Dave Talks News, Wisdom, Progressive Activism and Spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry and stories. Comics got to hold off till happy hour though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You You can listen in live to these fine programs on MutinyRadio.fm or download the podcasts at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal! Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat.
3: Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Are you tired of swimming through a sea of pod-